You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things 12th Man related content, and today we're going to be focusing in on the run game. One of the biggest proponents of college football is what you have under center. But sometimes it's not about the position itself, and it's the supporting cast. Moving into 2021, the Aggies have three running backs who can all be effective in their own certain way that has made them especially talented in 2020. Before we begin, make sure you're following this podcast here on iTunes and Spotify. Make sure you're listening every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. And also, make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast, Monday through Friday, every single day, give me a follow. I will give you a shout-out, and I will make sure I add everything into the mix. So before we even go into the conversation about the running backs, besides the offense, besides what Jimbo Fisher's done great... Let's focus in on what we talked about a little bit yesterday. For those of you who didn't listen to the podcast, I spoke a lot about how Ohio State, coming in at number four in the college football playoff rankings with a 5-0 record, now will have a shot to go to the college football playoff because of the Big Ten's ruling if they decide to change it. Naturally, I didn't think that was fair, but I said, you know what, if there's six games on the schedule, I think you can live with that. I think six games is enough to prove In a short amount of time, in a COVID season, we are one of the best teams. We're one of them. And Ohio State had an opportunity because of their game, the game, was canceled. And A&M's game against Ole Miss was canceled. A&M ranks number five. Ohio State ranks number four. There's very little difference between the two in rulings in that sense. In my opinion, there's very little difference between their run game, their receivers, their defenses. One thing separates Ohio State and Texas A&M. And so a buddy of mine actually listened to the podcast and he called me up and he said, Cole, I like your points. You're bringing up a lot of good messages. But let me ask you, do you really believe that? And I had to go back into my mind. I had to think about it for a minute. And I just thought, okay. Texas A&M is the Houston Texans. What do you mean by that, Cole? What do you mean by that at all? Well, the Houston Texans are sitting at 4-8 and eight in the 2020 NFL season, but they had three straight years of winning culture. As much as you didn't like Bill O'Brien, and I didn't like Bill O'Brien at all, they had three straight years of winning culture. But let me ask you, they always had to play in that wild card round. They were good, but they were always that four seed or that three seed. They weren't the big name. They weren't in the top two. They didn't get the bye week. And what market always picked them up? The one with the lowest ratings in ESPN. ESPN picked up every single one of the Houston Texans games since they started doing the market games. I know because I worked a few of them. They picked up Kansas City, at Houston in 2015, my final year, uh, my 2016, my bad, my last year of college. In 2017, I was working for ESPN. They picked up Houston against now the Las Vegas Raiders. 
They didn't go in 2017. They went in 2018. They picked up them against Kansas City Chiefs. And last year, they picked them up against the Buffalo Bills. Now, why do I bring up the Houston Texans? This is a college football podcast. This is something that, because here's why. Because when you look back at the history of the sport of college football and what we're looking at in today's society, more than anything else, you have your sound teams. Texas A&M is a sound team. Florida is a sound team. You have, I think, I think Cincinnati this year is a sound team. I think Coastal Carolina is a sound team. I think Indiana is a sound team. I think Miami is a sound team. You want to know what they are? They're not the big four. They're not the big five. I said on the podcast yesterday, or two days ago, on Tuesday, there's five programs that you need to see be good every single year. Number one is Alabama, number two is Ohio State, number three is Clemson, number four is Notre Dame, and number five is Oklahoma. You could always throw in USC into that mix. I think USC over the likes of Oklahoma makes a lot of sense, but you have to have at least four of those five, if not all six, be good. Oklahoma is okay. Notre Dame is a loss away from being outside of the top five, and it's because of number four or three, Clemson, did not play their starting quarterback, and outside of him, you can see struggles. They would have a loss on the year. And Alabama is just in its own market. Alabama is the New England Patriots. Ohio State are the Kansas City Chiefs. Clemson is the Green Bay Packers. And Notre Dame is the Dallas Cowboys. You have a Notre Dame game, guess what? They're prime time every single time. They have their own freaking market. NBC every weekend takes Notre Dame. You want to know what else? Every single week, doesn't matter what market you're in, Dallas is a, fo- is a focal game. You will get it in every market. Notre Dame is the exact same way. They could be good, they could be bad, but they're history, so they're there. So it doesn't really matter what Texas A&M was going to do. Texas A&M could have came out and said, we want to face Ohio State. We will make this happen in days. We will work with your committee. We will work with whoever needs to. And Kevin Warren, the Big Ten, and the college football player committee would have gone, nope. Nah. Nah, we don't like that idea. Now, instead, what we're going to do is we're going to change the ruling. And this is what happened. And this is why I bring it up. They changed the ruling to make sure Ohio State got into the Big Ten championship. You know what? I understand that Ohio State was going to the Big Ten Championship going into this weekend. But there are teams out there that are fighting, fighting hard. And I give a lot of credit to Ohio State. Both of their canceled games for COVID, two of the three, were not on them. It was on outbreaks in other cities. There was the outbreak earlier in the year against uh, Maryland. There was the outbreak against Illinois. Those games got canceled. And they would have won those games. Michigan was a different one. Michigan was one that you want to see played. Michigan had troubles. They were, you know, the biggest thing of all is that Michigan was having a down year to lose as much revenue as they would already. This is kind of this like, all right, we're good. But this is how I know my facts. And this is how I know my opinion is 100% poignant in this conversation. Nebraska tried to schedule a game outside of the conference. And the Big Ten immediately shut that down. Nebraska. The second worst team in the Big Ten said, we want to play more. Our players want to play more. We want to have more games. We want to make this work. We will do this. And the Big Ten said, nope. It is the exact same 
thing. Texas A&M, the only difference between what has happened between Nebraska and Texas A&M is Ross Bjork never came out and said, we want to play Ohio State. If they would have made a public announcement and Ohio State said, nope, Ohio State would be getting dragged through the mud today. All morning. That's all you would hear. Oh, I mean, Ohio State doesn't want to play A&M. A&M was, you know, they're willing. They're willing to make it work. They're willing to go up to Columbus. They're willing to meet in the middle. They're willing to play with no pads on. Touch football. And let's see who's this is the better skill team. And that team wins. Six wins was the minimum to get into the Big Ten Championship. Never said six conference wins. Six wins. I feel bad for Indiana. Who, yeah, they lost. That's their only loss in the year, and they didn't quit. Ohio State, they could have had a chance to schedule a game. But it doesn't matter. Because the Houston Texans and Texas A&M are one and the same. They're good every few years. We'll put them on TV. We'll let the market, who likes them, see it. But ratings? Boy, you better prove that you got it. You better be taking down a juggernaut. They didn't take down Alabama, a.k.a. the New England Patriots. That is why you will have this conversation go on for the next year or so about how A&M got screwed. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State are Kansas City, Green Bay, Dallas, and of course, New England. They will always get the primetime games because ratings talk, and this is better for ratings. A Big Ten championship winner being the Ohio State Buckeyes over Indiana and definitely not risking it against Texas A&M. Guys, the holidays are right around the corner, and you know what is the best gift this holiday season to get someone? Relaxation. With the world being the way it is and always feeling like you have to be on the go, go, go 24-7 with friends, family, and a bunch of different social issues, sometimes the best gift is just sitting back and chilling. That's why I recommend you always grab the beer that's made to chill, and that's Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this holiday season, their beer is made to chill. Saturdays are therapeutic for the football fan, and beer is too because it's uninterrupted meat time to sit back and drink an ice cold one. Plus, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, cold packaged, made literally to chill by the great people of the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. I know with this holiday season coming around, I'm always stressed. I always need something that would kind of take the edge off at the end of the day, and Coors Light is the beer I go to. Coors Light is my go-to beer when I need a moment to chill. Should be yours as well. Go get Coors Light in the new delivered straight to your door system at get.coorslight.com. And always remember, celebrate responsibly. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. We have quality podcasts around your favorite sports teams. If so, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, and highlight information to get you geared up and win your fantasy football league. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and get your podcast wherever you can at LockedOnPodcast.com. Texas A&M has proven time and time again. Sometimes the basic necessities work. There's nothing wrong with having the necessities somewhere just kind of in the middle. And what I mean by that is you don't always have to be the pizzazz wow factor team. It's nice when you have those moments and A&M has had those moments. But sometimes it's also nice just to go ahead and trust what you know. 
I'll give you an example. When I was in college at Alabama, Alabama had a ton of talented wide receivers. One is still relevant by the name of Amari Cooper. The running backs in that backfield were very relevant up until, I would say, two years ago. And now only one is relevant. Maybe two, you could say. But Trent Richardson, Eddie Lacy, TJ Yeldon, Kenyon Drake. At one point, you could also say Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry. The quarterback's names were Blake Sims, AJ McCarron, and Jake Coker. One of them made it to the NFL. One of them made it to the AAF for a couple weeks. That was about it. And the other one got out of football as soon as he was done. He never amounted to anything outside of this national championship. They still got their chance to, you know, have a shot to go play in the pros. And if they succeeded, good for them. If they didn't, they didn't. But the run game was what made Alabama dominant. It's why Texas A&M this season has been astoundingly talented on offense. More than that, it's why Texas A&M next year is going to be a heavy favorite to actually win the SEC West by, I think, a lot of media members. When you look last season, one of the biggest things that people talked about was how A&M needed to trust the passing game. Trust Kellen Mond. Trust, make sure Kellen Mond is throwing the ball really good. Make sure Kellen Mond has wide open passes and he connects with his receivers and yada, yada, yada. The reasoning why behind that was Anaya Smith was playing wide receiver at the time. Devon Shane had not arrived on campus. Neither had any of the other running backs. So DeAndre Jackson, he wasn't there either. And the only thing you knew was that last time we saw AM run the ball, it was atrocious. It was horrifying. It was something that nobody wanted to see. And I remember actually writing about it on recruiting day. On National Signing Day, I remember talking a lot about this. I said, now that they went out and they got a home run threat in Devon Shane, things are going to be interesting in this running back group. You have a power back, you have a scat back, and you have a home run hitter who can do a little bit of both. So far, that has been the key to the offense. By far and away, that is the key to the offense. Now, sometimes, of course, the stat line will lie to you and say, well, how can this be the you know key focal point of the offense? And it's because of, they may not lead the SEC in rushing. There's a very good shot that they won't lead the SEC in rushing. As we enter you know the final week or two, depending on who you ask, in the college football realm, they actually rank number five in rushing yards with 16-10 on the year, an average of 294 rushing attempts. Uh, they have 13 rushing touchdowns. Here is where A&M and the stat line isn't telling you the full story. They lead the SEC in yards per rush at 5.48 yards. They average the second most rushing yards a game in the SEC at 201.2. The only team that rushes more than them, and it's because that they have a mobile quarterback, that they actually have designed runs for consistently, is Ole Miss. 
And Ole Miss only rushes about another four more yards than they do a game. Ashane has come on so strong in the last few weeks because of what he can bring with his speed. When you look at his numbers on the on the year, his last three games alone, he's rushed for 165 yards, two touchdowns. He's also caught a touchdown and adds 73 yards through the year. Spiller has rushed for 897 yards on the season, ranks number three in the SEC, and he probably would have had a shot for the title of SEC leading rusher if not for this game against Ole Miss being canceled because there's two games left for them. You have to realize that you also have a guy in Anaya Smith. And they can run a lot of two-back systems now because of it. And they can run all through on the field. There was actually a question asked by a guy, uh, one of the reporters for, I think it was Gigam 247 and he said, have you ever seen all three players on the field at one time? And the answer is yes. It's been very seldom. But they have run a two-back set where Ashane and, um, and Spiller are offset Mond, and you have on the outside Anaya Smith. Do you know how many different play designs you can run with that? What you can really do with that? What kind of motions you can kick in and how you can use your speed to win, how you can use your power to win. And setting that up allows you to have a blocker downfield. It allows you to have a vertical threat in Smith, who is a good receiver. It allows you to have a swing pattern on either side and a bubble pattern on the other side for Spiller and Oshane. And Spiller may not be able to get you yards with speed, but he can get you yards after contact because he's hard to bring down on second and th- on first and second touch. And Oshane can win with speed. He's done it all year. Smith, jet sweep, c- quick curl. You can have him run a reverse. He's got the speed to do it too. People have asked Jimbo about what's it like playing with these running backs. And a year ago, this would have been a question that Everyone would have been like, how are you able to let your freshman just run himself into the ground this year? Simple was because if that was the only guy he could trust. You couldn't move Smith because he was too valuable in the red zone as a receiver. And you didn't have Ashane there. And you still didn't have DeAndre Jackson. That's the biggest thing is DeAndre Jackson, we have no idea what he could be if he stays with the program. Hopefully he will. And whatever comes in this upcoming you know, recruiting class. Maybe they redshirt a guy this year to where he becomes effective when Spiller and Smith possibly call a career after 2021. Their stock's going to be all-time highs if they continue to play the way that they are. But the run game of AM is so detrimental to their success, I really don't care about what Kellen Mond is doing. You know what it's like when you watch the Cleveland Browns play and you're like, oh, wow, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. What a tag team one-two combination. It's why they're leading the NFL in rushing yards. Same thing. Kalamon has to do enough to get by, just like Baker Mayfield has to do enough to get by to make things work. Cleveland's on their way to the postseason this year. First time since 2002. A&M, if not for what we talked about earlier, I won't bring it up again. They should be on their way to the postseason this year. Not because of uh, Mond, but because of the run game. Trust your gut, go with what you know, and go with what works. Here's what works. Running the football. You have a three-headed monster. And Spiller, Smith, and Oshane. Saab is what I'm going to call him. Saab. Saab can do it. Saab can get you a W, and then you saw off the competition. Smith, 
Spiller, Ashane, win. Coming up on tomorrow's Lockdown Aggies, let's do an Ask an Aggies Day. I get asked a ton of questions online, on social media, via email, all things about AM, especially with what's going on in the Final Four race. Let's break all that down tomorrow, and I'm also going to give you my personal picks for what I would do if I was the College Football Playoff Committee champions going into the final week. Make sure you listen on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your daily podcast listening here on LockedOnPodcast.com. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes, Spotify, and listen every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. And if you like all things football, make sure you're also tuning in to the Locked On NFL Sunday show. Now, this is a show that talks every game in depth. Check it out every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff. Just football every Sunday morning with hosts Cody Rourke and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe on Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And don't forget to turn on your notifications when the show goes live every single morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure all of you Central people are listening at 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock Central Time. All right. Before we get on out of here, I just want to bring up one last thing on this whole conversation. and I'm sure I'm going to bring it up tomorrow because of it's, it's a Ask an Aggies Day. And I know people are going to ask a lot of questions about that. But when I look back at this whole conversation that I had today about how Ohio State is this and how Texas A&M is that, there's nothing wrong with that. As I mentioned, Blue Bloods are there for a reason, and it's why you don't hear about Texas that much anymore, and it's why you don't hear about Nebraska that much anymore, and it's why Michigan has all but been obsolete at this point in their lives. You know who you are, and it's nice to have that feel-good story. The good news is, is that A&M, I think, finally has the pathway to get to where they want to be. When Bobby Bowden left Florida, Jimbo Fisher inherited a program that was so well-respected across the realms of football, from the collegiate level to the peewee level to the NFL scouts going to talk to Bowden. He, all he had to do was continue the path. And he's done that. In my opinion, he did that a lot. He helped bring a national title to Tallahassee. On top of that, he brought home a Heisman Trophy winner. But this is a whole different story. It was a learning moment for Fisher in Tallahassee. This is a moment that really stands out for the future of the program, of A&M. Ryan Day and Lincoln Riley, as much as I like Lincoln Riley, and I do, I think he's a phenomenal coach. They inherited programs from coaches who had set the foreground and the basics of making sure there is a winning culture there. A&M was winning games, but they also were losing bad. There was no middle ground. It was either A&M got those big-time wins over smaller programs, and then they got their butts whooped by Alabamas and the LSUs, and the you can even throw in the Auburns of the world, week, year in and year out. Under Kevin Sumlin. Since he's taken over, you've seen more competitive games against Alabama. He's two and one against LSU. He is one and two against Auburn, but that's more so on Auburn actually still having that high end ceiling at the time. Now they don't. And he's winning his games he has to. He lost last year to a Georgia team that finished just outside the top five. A team that went to the national title game, 
the national champions, and a team that lost to the eventual national champions. And Auburn, unfortunately, who also was ranked. And they beat Alabama. He set up the foreground pretty good. Ryan Day, Ohio State, eventually people are going to be like, we're bored with this. It's a little boring just seeing one team in the Big Ten. And I think a super conference is eventually going to come. I think it has to. Because after a while, you get tired of watching the Crimson Tide and Clemson play in the national championship game. But Ohio State is on the pathway, and they lose right before. And then a fourth team pops in, whoever it is. You know, last year it was Oklahoma. The year before, it was no Ohio State. It was Notre Dame. Year This year, it's probably going to be Notre Dame again. You get tired of seeing the same old shtick. But Jimbo Fisher has this program in the right direction to where I believe in a year or two, we're talking about A&M the same way we talked about Florida State, the same way we're talking about Ohio State, the way people have talked about Florida, but with actual positivity, the way people have relinquished in Texas, but Texas is actually just now the bad program. They're the little brothers to the maroon and white. Jimbo Fisher's done that in three years. He's got a 10-year contract. Let's see what he does in the next seven. That's going to do for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You listen on iTunes, Spotify, or listen every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. As always, check back in tomorrow. Ask an Aggies day. Let's break down all your favorite questions. We'll see you then. And remember, keep up, y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.